Hello and welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but they don't. I'm Jeff Sims, and I'm Evan Smith. Evan, here Jeff. we are. <laughs> we haven't seen each other that much this week. It's actually probably been a full week. Uh, uh, no. no. No, you were over know, Monday night for th- Tiffany's birthday. And we were. Yeah. That was a lovely But evening. that was a long time ago. That was almost a week. Week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It was almost a week tomorrow. We did go for a couple. I don't even know if we're going for walks this Didn't week. Didn't go for a single walk. We so, must have when we came up with these topics. Uh, we Actually, you know what we did? Yeah. That was yeah. the only one, though. That was We went for one walk where we yeah. came up with the topics. Speaking of walks, guess whose birthday it is today? Ruby. Ruby. Ruby the doodle. Ruby the golden doodle. Ruby was a wedding gift from my mom. Mm. Did you know that? I I I think I like I know I knew <laughs> I don't know what that was. No. I knew she was a gift from your mother. I knew that. I didn't know right. it was a wedding gift. Yep. That's a great gift. It's a great gift. And also like it was like, don't have children yet. Just practice with this puppy and see how hard it's gonna be. And we're like, yep, this is hard. Let's mm-hmm. wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Benny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, they're good she, for it. She's so sweet. She's a little doodle, and I love her very much. She's in. She's in the podcast lounge right now with us. She's in the green room. She's in the green room. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on our couch, and she's looking at us right now. She knows that we're talking about her. Oh, she definitely does. Her eyes are actually going back and forth between you and I whenever we change who's speaking. Yeah. And she, uh, she's the reason why I got a dog, and probably the reason you got a doodle. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I was never really a dog person, if we're being honest. Like, we you never had brought... a dog growing up. Oh, no. You didn't have pets at all, did you? We had a hamster. <laughs> so, you didn't have pets so at we all, were, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we never had pets, and I was never a dog person. Quite frankly, I was actually kind of afraid of dogs for a while. Because you never had a dog growing up, probably. We, probably. I just yeah. wasn't, we would just eat, like, none of my friends had pets. We just, really? I just wasn't, I just wasn't around. Do- well, Andrew had a couple of dogs. Right. But, like, even then I was half afraid of them. Because they were large? I, I I don't ex- I, I think right. it's just a lack of experience yeah, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. lack of experience yeah right um but yeah and then Ruby and I was taking care of Ruby I did a lot of house sitting and yep walks and yep. cuddles I was like now I want one yeah she's good for it yeah she is good for it so happy birthday Ruby you happy birthday. sweet little gorgeous girl mm-hmm. sweet little gorgeous girl yeah mm-hmm. five years old today cheers to that heaven cheers to Ruby clink clink um got some corrections. And we do. I have a couple. Do you have a couple? I have two. And I have two. Let's, do you want to go one, one for one? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Uh, one is just a very obvious one that I heard many times was um, Lewis Park. The, the park by my house? <laughs> you called it Bryant Park. Bryant Park, which I'm not sure why. I, don't, I think that is a park. Bryant. I mean, I'm sure it is somewhere. Bryant Park is in New York. Okay, so it's not like... But it definitely isn't Lewis Park, you know, the park by that kid's house. Where no, 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 really no, no, no. I was clearly wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you owned it, and I was with you until I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the other one I have, or one of the ones I have, is from Leah Murray. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. The one who actually sent us in the topic last week. Illuminati, yeah. The Illuminati, yeah, yeah. She's one of Catherine's best friends. Um, the t- kid's toy we were referring to... Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the conversation was. It was about... Um, this is episode 11, so it was actually not last week. It's two it weeks two, ago. It was yeah. when I was talking about the, the 
I still can't think of what it is. It's, it's called a Viewmaster. The Viewmaster. But why were we talking about it? Uh, because it was part of the X-rays where they got a toy where they put it up to their face and oh, they could see the people's right, hands. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And we were talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were comparing to the Viewmaster. We couldn't think of it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, another correction was all about <laughs> the movies that we were trying to uh, center the Illuminati around. It is not... Oh, uh, yeah. The Da Vinci Code. Nope. It is not Inferno. No. Nope. But it is the one that's right in the middle, which is Angels and Demons. Yeah. Yep. Both movies starring Tom Hanks. All three are Tom yeah. Hanks. Prequel but the one that's sequel. They're all over. Like, he's the same character, right? Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah. about the same right. center guy just trying to solve mysteries, and they're all very interesting. But yeah, Angels and Demons is the uh, the lineage of Jesus. The second one, Angels and Demons, is about the Illuminati, and Inferno is about Dante's Inferno. Right. Mm-hmm. That but wait, Dante's Inferno was like a a complete fiction though, right? Well, no, Dante wrote a full like manifesto, and he called it Dante's Inferno <laughs> about heaven and hell and the creation of the bull right bunkery, bull bunkery. Yeah, love it. Uh, just a whole lot of goof troopery. Absolutely. Um. So my final correction is a correction of myself, mm. and it's a correction of myself. It's a twofold correction. Oh. Firstly, it's a correction in that a statement that I said to you to prove a point was entirely wrong. Oh, my God. Well, not entirely wrong. It was kind of wrong. But then the premise, the idea of what I was saying was incredibly right, and you were so wrong. Oh, okay. It was when we were talking about population. And I was saying, we were talking about oh, the U.S. population. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, Canada has the same population as Florida. Yeah. And, and I was like, sure, I guess. I don't know. And you were like, no, it doesn't. And I was like, yes, it does. It's just the same. It's not the same. No. But mm-hmm. the population of the states is insanely more, and there are states with higher populations than Canada. Really? But it's not Florida. No. Florida has about, hang on. I'm looking this up now. I had it looked up earlier. Okay. So Florida has 21 million people. Canada has 37 million people. Oh, wow. Oh, and so actually, the only, there's only one state that has more, but that just shows the population. Yep. The state of California has 39 million people. Wow. A lot of people. Yeah, there are so so Canada has 37 million in the entire country, uh-huh. larger land mass than the states. Yep, the states has 686 million people. Wow, we were we were thinking about the billions. What? We, oh we yeah, said, I, I did like, say maybe billion. a billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, pretty good though. That meant not good. It's horrible in this case. But lots of people. Lots but going of people, back to COVID. In terms of yeah, going back to COVID and pandemics, it's not great Oof, to have that many people in a. More or less small concentrated area. area. Concentrated area, yeah. Yeah, because it's less. It's smaller geographically speaking, but yep. larger demographically speaking. Right. So yeah. yeah, California, more people than in all of Canada. An olive branch of Canada. Yeah. Pouring up some splain and wine. Would you like a top up? Yes, I would yeah. love it. Know what I like about these glasses? They're goblets. Yes, they're goblets, and also they're small. I like drinking mm. wine from small glasses because you like. There's something fun about like drinking more glasses. <laughs> it's, well, it's a very Italian thing. Like, if you go to an Italian restaurant, you basically get like a little six to eight ounce glass. It doesn't have a stem. Yeah, it's a little like water glass. control. Yeah, yeah, right. But you just keep filling that bad boy up. Yeah, but I think it's also I think it's the fixation of consistently drinking and having something and filling up the yeah. glass. Same thing as like smoking, like yeah. having that fixation, that physical yeah. fixation of bringing the cigarette. The to your more mouth. frequently you pour, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also about eating. Like, it's really weird if you have portion control with your eating. If you take more frequent smaller portions on your spoon yes it'll trick your body to thinking that you're more full as opposed to like if you have the same amount of food but took larger spoonfuls of it do you know what i mean is it because of time 
Like more time has passed no. if you're having small bites, so therefore you get full. I mean, maybe, but it's it's not the psychological correlation between okay. uh, how many spoonfuls go into your mouth. Your body thinks you're eating more when the reality you're not. So if you have the same bowl of cereal that takes you twenty scoops, yeah, but if you eat it in thirty scoops, then your body goes, "Oh, we just ate thirty spoonfuls of honey nut Cheerios. I'm full." Do you have to register that like mentally? Do I have to be like mm, it's, it's psychological? It's unconscious. How is it psychological if I don't know how many spoonfuls I have? Well, you don't you don't count it. You don't go one, two. But if you like, if you can, well, actually, I guess consciously you would actively try to have less on your spoon, right? But it's your body registering how many times you're feeding yourself. Sure. Yeah. Subconsciously, not unconsciously. You're not asleep. <laughs> no, both words, <laughs> both very valid words. Yeah. Not what you meant. No. Um. Okay. So, uh, how was your day? I had a great day, actually. Good. Yeah, work's going great. Life's going great. Nice. I had McDonald's for breakfast. <laughs> so, everything you just said is a lie. <laughs> yeah, I was hungover. I was tired. I needed some grease. Right. Did you have a McGriddle? Do no. they still make McGriddles? They make McGriddles, but oh. they haven't had any since COVID. Mm. Yeah, so every time I go to McDonald's for breakfast, which is a lot more than it should be, I roll down the window, and the first thing I say is, no thanks, I don't want to try two donuts for $1.49. No. McDonald's uh, has donuts? Yep. Oh. Two for one forty nine. Very good. Yep. Nasty. Every time. Right. Not how you're doing. No. No. McGriddles are, I haven't had one in, I'm going to say two years, mm. but I think they are one of the tastiest treats on this planet. Amazing. Catherine sent me a link to homemade McGriddles. Okay. Yeah. So pretty well, all you do is you get these little, um, oh God, it's just a little cup. Yeah. or whatever, uh, and you just make a pancake, and while you're making the pancake, you drizzle syrup into it as it's into frying, it, yeah. and then you just put the same little holder, make an egg, crack an egg, fry the egg, and then... Mm-hmm. Make an egg, crack an egg, fry the egg. Hey, and the bird down in the valley. <laughs> um, we have a tradition, speaking of pancakes, where every Sunday since... I'm going to say the last 10 Sundays, we... Since ordinary time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, church references uh, we um we have banana pancakes we found this recipe for banana pancakes they're banana they're actually pancakes, yeah you can pretend it all the time oh god that was way too raunchy for jack johnson mm. making banana pancakes he legitimately is i think i don't think it's a euphemism for anything no, I think it's very wholesome. Yeah, I think he's a wholesome guy. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, we make this awesome recipe. Like They're basically healthy except for the syrup that goes on them. Mm-hmm. They're so delicious. We had them this morning. Mm, I'm very jealous. That's my story. Yeah, great story. Thank you. Yeah. I also did five loads of laundry today. Five. It's probably a new record for me. I don't know if that's a good thing. It's Is that great. you trying to subconsciously trick your brain to think you did more laundry because you did five smaller loads of laundry no, no, no. as opposed to one big load of there laundry? There are just four humans in this house now, <laughs> and one of them shits in its clothes. So Yeah, we have two people, and one frequently shits in their clothes. <laughs> it's you, isn't it? It's me. Uh, yeah. um, you! Got some spleen Okay, well, episode 13. Lucky number 13. 13. Ooh. Superstition. Ooh, you said something to me. That episode 13 is the three-month mark. Is it three-month? When this episode drops, which will be Thursday, it'll be July 30th. Yep. Episode one dropped on April 30th. So April to May, May, June, July. Three full active months. Which, coincidentally, is the same day I shaved my head. Remember that? 
It was a very exciting day for me. I do, because you stole our thunder. <laughs> I remember being like, Evan, <laughs> this way is the launch people... <laughs> of our episode. Why are you putting shaving your head? I think I mentioned on the video that my podcast had dropped. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But it's been a very eventful uh, week. You got recognized. <gasps> I, I did get recognized, Jeff. This oh is my great God. news, buddy. So yeah, okay. So story being, I called you. I called you. I think I left you a voice memo. Yeah, That's I was working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to Coleman's to mm-hmm. get on Newfoundland Drive to get um, a couple things and some wine. And I was like, Tiffany, I don't know if I should go there. I'm not sure if the Liquor Express is open. Yeah, I don't want to get there, get in there, and be like, Well, I'm here now. I'll get my groceries and I'll go somewhere else to get my booze. If God forbid. God forbid. It would be annoying. I'd rather just drive. The extra couple minutes, go to Sobeys and one-stop shop. Yep. So anyway, I get there. The liquor store is open. Great. Hooray. It's a sign. Mm-hmm. I walk in. I get my wine. And the girl says to me, Rita, who I now know is Rita, she says, um, do I know you from somewhere? And I was like, well, I don't think so. But maybe. I was like, a lot of people like will just see me in a show. And not like, oh, they just leave me in a show. I was going to say, that's exactly where you but, went. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? I was just like, well, I'm yeah. a performer. so like, Well, actually, I can <laughs> jump really high. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much of an inside joke, but I love too it. Too much. One day I'll tell it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you probably have just seen me in a show. Like, not like, oh, Evan Smith, the performer, but like, I play piano all over the place. So it's yep. like, you probably went to go see like the amazing Sheila Williams and just happened to be like, who's the guy on piano? I don't know. But now that when you see me at the liquor show, you recognize my face. Yep. So you're like, do I know you? I don't think so. And I was, she's like, what's your name? And I was like, Evan Smith. And she's like, oh, I listen to you every week. And I was like, my actual response was, you shut up. <laughs> and she was like, no, honestly, she's like, well, I, was, no, I think she said every day. And then she's like, well, every week. Yeah. Because, you know, every day it's, um, I think she just meant like she doesn't get through a whole episode yes, in a city. Yes, yes, yes. It's hard to listen to us for an hour and a half. It's hard to be us for an hour and a half. Listen, yeah, it's hard to be in the same room with you for longer than an hour and a half. Jeff, no. I'm sorry. What you just said about... <laughs> jokes have been true yeah um so anyway <laughs> i asked her name it was rita i was delighted i told her i couldn't be happier mm-hmm. that brought me a lot of joy by the way i don't remember the last time i was that happy one time when i was 17 i was on going over to nova scotia on the cm boats and the woman who was checking me in i was going by myself it was like a big deal oh and the woman who was checking me in said um are you a like musician i was like yeah she's like I've seen you do shows. You're some wonderful down at Stephen Miller Theater Festival. And, uh, and that moment, 17-year-old me was also living. But yeah. next to that, it was this moment. Yeah. Not the birth of your two children. No. No. That's, but great moments, nonetheless. Great moments. Yep. Less tears this time. Less tears. But um, so, so satisfying. <sighs> so, Rita. That brings me a lot of joy. So Rita, I can't wait to see you at Coleman's. I'll be going there all the time talking about my lack of knowledge of primary colors. Yeah. And hopefully you recognize me. Yeah. I'm less handsome in real life. The fun part is, I think she recognized my voice. Well, that's... It, well, maybe. Because the only place you could see my picture would be on the... The, the logo. Yeah. I mean, Although maybe, we post, we've posted pictures, though. No, we've posted pictures. That's true. And our, our amazing yeah. uh, science experiment. Yeah, that's true. Most listeners probably are Facebook or whatever. Yep. Uh, anyway. Let's dive in, shall we? Let's dive. Please. Cloning. Cloning. So when we Attack think, of the Clones. Do you talk about Star Wars? When we think cloning, we think Boba Fett is my very yes! first sentence. Yes! <laughs> it's the first sentence I have. Um, gives Bobby Fett cloned to create the clone army, Star Wars Episode 2. Yeah, well, Django Fett. Oh, Django. So who's Boba? His son? Boba is his son. And Boba is the one who's in 4, 5, and 6. 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Django Fett. You was know the what? One I was almost looked on. it up when I wrote it down. I was like, is it Django or is it Baba? And I just went, I wrote one. Yeah. We also thank Mini Me from Austin Powers. Yeah. Right? A clone of Dr. Evil. Love Identical it. in every way except one eighth his size. I love it. Is it one eighth? That's what they say. Great. And of course, we think Jurassic Park, which is how we got on this topic. So mm-hmm. the reason we stumbled on in the first place is Jeff wanted to know about Jurassic Park, which I'm going to tell you about later. Can't wait. So. I always think, when I think about cloning, I think, like, two terminals. Like, those things that scan you in the airport. Like, you know, sometimes you get, like, bumped up to first class in security. We're like, stand in this machine. Put your arms like this. Is that what you consider first class scan? <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to pad you down. We don't have to, like, you don't just walk through, like, a regular pedestrian. We want you to step in this fancy machine no, that costs thousands of dollars. They're testing you for drugs. Is that what it is? Yes. Anyway, that's what I think. Like, a machine like that, yeah. you stand in it, it scans you. There's an identical machine. Yeah. And then after it scans you, your clone comes out in the other machine. Have you seen the Santa Claus? Yes. Santa Claus 2, sorry, Simba's Pride, where they, <laughs> he has to go back to try to marry somebody. And of when he goes I back, Jack they have Frost. To, yeah, no, Jack, Jack Frost is the third one. Jack Frost is the third one, but they have to clone him. Yeah, and he literally goes to that Scanatron yeah. looking machine and he comes out. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what I think of when I think cloning. Great. Um, however, uh, cloning does exist, but not in that way. Yeah. Cloning exists in our world. Um, hopefully it never exists in that way because that could be problematic in many ways. I.e., Santa Claus 2, Attack of the Clones. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, the term cloning describes a number of different processes that can be used to produce genetically identical copies of a biological entity. Mm. Obviously, that's a copy and paste line. Yep. The copied material, which has the same genetic makeup as the original, is referred to as a clone. Researchers have cloned a wide range of biological materials, including genes, cells, tissues, and even entire organisms. Yeah, Dolly, which we'll get to as well. The concept of cloning is almost as old as life itself. In nature, some plants and single-celled organisms, such as bacteria, can create clones naturally. Didn't know this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I did and I forgot. They produce genetically identical offspring through a process called asexual reproduction, which doesn't sound like very much fun at all. (laughs) Uh, I can't say um, a new individual is generated from a copy of a single cell from the parent organism. Got some cork in your wine? Yep. Okay. Uh, there's also, and I've never thought of this before, natural clones, also known as identical twins. Yeah. Never thought about them as clones. But they occur. But, but he, with identical twins, they're kind of created at the same time. Although technically, but they're clones. Yeah, because they're at one point one cell splits. duplicated itself and yep. split. So I guess technically, so that a fertilized happens. egg splits, creating yep. two or more embryos that carry almost identical DNA. Yep. Identical twins have nearly the same genetic makeup as each other, but they are genetically different from their parents. So unlike most clones, it, typically you get a parent cell and you create a clone of the parent cell. Yeah. The, the identical twins actually of themselves. don't have the same genetic material as their parents. No. They have identical genetic material of each other. Yep. Right? I'm with you. There are three different types of artificial cloning. Gene cloning. Mm-hmm. Reprodu- Gene's your middle name, right? No. G- <laughs> is it? No. Gene is my high school nickname. Oh. No, I thought Gene was your middle name. Jeffrey no. Francis Sims. Yeah, Jeffrey Francis Gene Sims. No. Nickname in high school is Gene. Why was it Gene? How much time have we? It's okay. I'll do it quickly. <laughs> so <laughs> I might know this, but I've forgotten. It's not a great story, but it's a story. There was two Jeffs in the school, which is a small amount in one whole school. I would think so, but an, but enough for one Catholic private school, right? Um, 
Yeah. Too many for a Catholic private school. Yeah, sorry. And so on the basketball team, it'd be like, hey. Oh, both of you were on the basketball team? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, Jeff, pass the ball. Well, I don't have the ball. No, the other. You can see how that kind of goes. Yeah. He was older. Right. So he took seniority. Jeff. Yeah. And uh, Sims turned into Simmons. Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons. You basically have a Cockney nickname. Oh my God, like like a reverse Cockney nickname. Absolutely. I love it. As do I. It just got way cooler. Wait, well, yeah. Well. Marginally. Marginally. Still went to a Catholic private school, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we deep dive into the types of cloning, here are like generalized sentences about them that I copied. <laughs> uh, gene cloning produces copies of genes or segments of DNA. Reproductive cloning produces copies of whole animals. Therapeutic cloning produces embryonic stem cells for experiments aimed at creating tissues to replace injured or diseased tissues. Yep. Okay. So gene cloning. Researchers routinely use cloning techniques to make copies of genes that they wish to study. The procedure consists of inserting a gene from one organism, often referred to as foreign DNA, into the genetic material of a carrier called a vector. This could be bacteria, yeast cells, viruses, etc. Yep. After the gene is inserted, the vector is placed in laboratory conditions that prompt it to multiply, resulting in the gene being copied many times over. Sure. That's it. Yeah. Right? So they can do a bunch of studies because they can just like, oh, we screwed up that one gene. Don't worry. We just made 10,000 of them. Yeah. By cloning them. Reproductive cloning. This is the big one. In reproductive cloning, researchers remove a mature somatic cell. Do you know what somatic means? I did not. I had to look it up. No. The word soma means like body. So somatic cell means a cell that comes from your body. Cool. Yep. It's like a skin cell, for instance. What uh, cell doesn't come from your body? Uh, that belongs to you. I, I don't know. A non-somatic, Maybe. I think like a like a cell from like an embryo or a nucleus or something wouldn't be somatic. Somatic meaning like it comes from an adult, like it comes from someone who was fully formed. Maybe. I think that's what it is. Correction corner us, please. Please. Always. Um, so they take the DNA from the skin cell, combine it with an egg from a female donor, but this egg must have its own DNA containing nucleus removed. So they take the nucleus out of the egg. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, you got, yeah, you got this egg. You do like the Easter thing where you're like, when you're going to paint an egg, you suck out the yolk and the, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> when you want to paint the egg? Yeah. So you suck out the yolk, you suck out the white, and then you can just put whatever you want back in. Sure. Which is kind of how it works. In, yeah. In, in a way. So then they can add the skin cell to the egg in one of two ways. They remove the nucleus from the skin cell with a needle. It's like, cool. what needle are you using? And they inject it into the empty Easter egg. Wow. Not Easter egg. When I say empty egg, I just mean an egg that has no nucleus. It's not literally empty. I understand. They just take the nucleus out. Yeah. Uh, It was a great analogy, but I understand that it's an analogy. Good. So they basically do a nucleus swap. They take the nucleus from out of the egg, take the nucleus from the skin cell, put it in the egg. Yep. That's it. In the second approach, they use an electrical current. Electrical? Electric. Electrical current? Electrical. Okay. Yeah. Electrical current to fuse the entire somatic cell with the empty egg. Cool. Way. In both processes, the egg is allowed to develop into an early stage embryo in the test tube and then is implanted into the womb of an adult female animal. Wow. Ultimately, the adult female gives birth to an animal that has the same genetic makeup as the animal that donated the somatic cell. Yes. 
This young animal is referred to as a clone. Over the last 50 years, scientists have conducted cloning experiments on a wide range of animals using a variety of techniques. Have fun. In 1979, researchers produced the first genetically identical mice by splitting mouse embryos in the test tube and then implanting the resulting embryos into the wombs of adult female mice. Wow. Researchers produced the first genetically identical cows, sheep, and chickens by transferring the nucleus of a cell taken from an early embryo into an egg that had been emptied of its nucleus. But it wasn't until 1996 that researchers succeeded in cloning the first mammal from a somatic cell. So this is the difference. Here's the, here's the somatic answer. So the other ones, they take an embryo and take the nucleus out. Yep. Somatic meaning that it's an adult animal. Mm-hmm. It's not just an embryo. It's not just a nutting. So that's the difference. Somatic cell. Yeah, okay. Yep. After 276 attempts, Scottish researchers finally produced Dolly the lamb from the udder cell of a six-year-old sheep. Two years later, researchers in Japan cloned eight calves from a single cow. Wow. But only four survived, so less wow. Besides cattle and sheep, other mammals (laughs) that have been cloned from somatic cells include cat, deer, dog, horse, mule, ox, rabbit, and rat. Wow. Right? That deserves a full wow. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, We're now playing God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the argument. Mm -hmm. Clones do not always look identical. Although clones share the same genetic material, the environment also plays a big role on how an organism turns out. See, that's what I was, I was just about to ask that a little while ago. Like, is it like a copy-paste in terms of physical attributes, it size, It color? could be a different font. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the big example that they give, there's a stopper in this one that I'm trying to pour right now. Oh, Evan Smith. Where's the other bottle? We drank it. Where'd you put it? On the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it disappeared. It really did. I took out its nucleus um, and I put it in my body. Reason? So yeah. Uh, what? Oh yeah. For example, the first cat to be cloned, named CC, just the letter C, a capital C, lowercase C. C C C C, is a female calico cat that looks very different from her mother, uh-huh. but she is a clone. Reason being, what makes a cat's coat colored? A cat's coat colored. Cat's coat colored. Is not exclusively decided by the genes. A biological phenomenon oh. involving inactivation of the X chromosome in every cell of a female cat, which has two X chromosomes, determines which coat color genes are switched. That's so hard to say. Coat color genes are switched off and which are switched on. The distribution of X inactivation, which seems to occur randomly, determines the appearance of the cat's coat. Interesting. So basically, cats are like a paint by numbers. It's like, uh, is the X turned on? Is it, is it a one or is it a zero? Yeah. Well, kind of binary. One or zero. Zero is going to be white. One going to be black. It's literally computer coding for cats. But every single X chromosome is either turned on or off, which is why like cats are like, I have an orange stripe here, and then nothing, and then white, and then dark, and then yeah. black. Interesting. So it's not going to look like the mother. Do cows work the same way with spots? No idea. I'm going to say no. Because it's not hair. On a cow, it's not their hair, it's their skin. Maybe. No. Cows aren't furry. Have you ever pet a cow? Nope. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) No. So, question being, why clone stuff? Are we just getting into the area we should not be getting into? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Some people think that we are. But... Reproductive cloning may enable researchers to make copies of animals with the potential benefits for the fields of medicine and agriculture. Yeah. Like, clearly, they're, you know, we're not just doing it for fun. No. Well, I mean, some people definitely are. 
Yeah, but overall, like scientists are like, we're investing time and money into this because this could be actually beneficial to humankind. Absolutely. For instance, when undergoing hair replacement surgery or follicular, probably my favorite word. Follicular? Follicular. No, follicular, like follicle. Oh. Follicular. Follicular. It's okay, buddy. Follicular hair transplant. Sometimes the hair can reject the host and botch the whole procedure. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What? How upsetting. Honestly. You're already bald. (laughs) Your own hair doesn't want you. You put other hair in. They go, no, bye. See you later. Honestly. Uh, It can sometimes actually lead to serious infection. Tachycardia can occur when tumescent fluid containing adrenaline is given. In a patient with cardiac compromise, this may actually pose risk for heart attack or stroke. Go on, then. However, scientists have found the hair of certain cloned dogs, obviously dogs with hair, not fur, because some dogs have hair, some dogs have fur. You know this, right? You don't know this? I don't. I'm trying to. I just thought like, you know, why like some, you would say fur over hair because one is more fine or curly. No, but no, it's no, the no, same no. Material. Entirely different. People who are, some people who are allergic to dogs are only allergic to dogs who have fur. Like dander. Yeah, not allergic to dogs. Like, like doodles are hyperallergenic. Yes. So they have hair. They don't have fur. Okay. Yeah, that's, it could be another topic, but that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so certain cloned dogs with hair have so far shown a lot of promise and considerably less complications when used for hair replacement surgery. Follicular. Follicular. Also, the same Scottish researchers... researcher <laughs> That was a hard one, Scottish researchers. Who cloned Dolly mm-hmm. have cl- cloned other sheep that have been genetically modified to produce milk that contains a human protein essential for blood clotting. The hope is that someday this protein can be purified from the milk and given to humans whose blood does not clot properly. Yeah, wow. My first question was, like, when I first read that, I was like, they made a sheep that produces milk? Like, that seems messed up, but also... Goat milk. Yeah, well, not goats aren't sheep. But all sheep produce milk, presumably. They're mammals. So when they feed their young, they have milk. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, But, But I was thinking, like, nobody drinks sheep's milk. But it's like young lambs do yeah right so i was thinking like they made a sheep that could produce milk yeah, okay so i was like they made a dog that could produce pepsi you know what yeah. I, mean? like, I was just thinking like <laughs> how did they do that but i was like they already produce milk they just made it produce milk that had a blood clotting thing do you know what's weird that i've always thought about or i've always wanted to discuss but we can't really get into it over explaining because it's just too deep of a topic okay the people who are the first to discover things yes and i don't mean positive things i mean well negative things (laughs) i don't mean positive things i mean the opposite of that i just mean like obviously finding milk that helps clot blood or to like thin blood that's a positive thing well no they didn't find it. They gemet- genetically modified But it. they discovered that by someone who drank the milk and realized that after a while, their blood would clot or yeah. thin based yeah. on the needs of the person who drank it. Which means somebody said... I don't think that's what they did. I don't think somebody drank it. I think they probably... They in this particular <laughs> instance, you, you may be right. But what I'm trying to say is that everything in this world that has happened... Yes. Someone had to figure that out. Correct. Like, I don't know. Think of something really weird. For instance... Ah, when a stingray stings you, mm. what do you do? Pee on it. How did someone discover that? I don't know. That, that's, that, like, someone had to, well, they were probably in just such I distress. I also think it's a jellyfish. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Not stingray. <laughs> yeah, but the moral of the story is like those things. Somebody yeah. had to figure out. How did I, you know to pee on it? How did you? Right. How did we? How did we discover that someone peed on it and said, "Ah, oh, it's gone away." And then they told their friend, and their friend was like, "No." That's weird. And then yeah. after a while, they had convinced someone to try it again. And enough, there was enough anecdotal evidence for someone yeah. to look at somebody and be like, please, just trust me. I pissed on myself. Piss on yourself. Yes. And they're like, no, it has to be the piss from your piss. It can't right. be my piss to piss on you. You right. have to piss on yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that, you're right. That like somebody had to figure caffeine, this out. Someone was like, let's boil up these bear, these like, beans. these beans and eat them. Yeah. Alcohol. Yep. Same thing. Something had to ferment, which means something had yep. to go so gross yep. and raunchy that someone had to be like, screw it, I'm drinking it anyways. Yeah. Banana bread. Gotta have rotten bananas. Yeah. Like, why are you like, I have rotten bananas. What can I do with them? Let's throw put them, them in, in the garbage. Yep. Nope. Aloe, aloe plants. Yes. Just like. I just rubbed this plant it's on just my on years my... of experimentation, and yeah. us now as a culture have just recognized it that it's just a fact. But, but it somebody had to, to figure me. it out. I wouldn't like say we were we're living in a civilization where there is you know we're just we live in jungles and whatever. Sure, I can't imagine me walking through a forest having a burn or having some sort of like injury. Yeah, and going. I'm going to rub random plants on this cut. No. And see what feels better. But that's what I'm trying to say is that somewhere down the line, like, I don't, I don't, but I, someone did. I can't think of an instance, like, if Johnny burns himself, he's like, well, I got to burn. Looks like I just have to deal with this for four months. Yeah. And he's running through the forest, trips and rubs up against an aloe plant. Right. Like, in what instance does that happen? Also, yeah. like, jumping off of things. At what point did we discover how that high you can go before your ankle breaks? Right. Everyone's just jumping off of four-foot planks, and they're like, man, this is deadly. We can just jump. And they're like, I'm going five feet. Wow. And then five feet, you're fine. Six feet, set. oh, Johnny broke his ankles. Right. Yeah. Let's keep pushing. The, let's keep pushing. Then eight feet, 10 feet, 25 feet, you're dead. Someone discovered that. Yes. And now we know the threshold for how high we can jump. And what that number <laughs> is, I don't know. But someone no discovered that. No one knows the threshold that. for how high you can jump, Jeff. Let's <laughs> You should tell the story. You're going to have to. It's two references in one episode. Tell the story. Uh, God, I don't know if we have enough time. No, just do it. We'll uh, cut it if we have to. Oh, God. So, uh, we'll cut every mention of you jumping. Hilarious. So as Evan mentioned, uh, and we have mentioned many times, we are both actors. We do a lot of theater. So I was in Trinity at the time uh, doing Rising Tide Theater, and uh, we were performing a show called I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. Yes. So at this time, every other actor, and it's just a huge coincidence, every other actor in the show at the time had somebody, like a friend or family member, who was there to see them performing in that show. Mm -hmm. I was the only one who didn't. My mm -hmm. family were there like last week. It's not that I wasn't loved. It's just in that <laughs> one particular show, that particular instance, everybody had someone to see, yep. which is lovely. <laughs> Lovely. At the end of the show, you go out, you talk to the audience, everyone has a great time, you part ways. Yep. So at the end of this show, I came out into the audience, and Justin's family was there, and Rachel's, and Aaron's, and everyone was there. And I went and I talked to a bunch of people, but there was a moment where I was standing actively by myself, watching people interact with one another. Yep. And there was an older lady who was at the back of the room, and she had a walker. And she caught eyes with me. <laughs> And then she put her head down and went with her walker. And then she'd stick her head back up and made sure I was still in the Confirm same place. Confirm you're still Confirm there. Confirm I was still there. And then put her head back down and then went with her walker. And then look up and would nod. Yep. Okay, great. Still there. Put the head back down. And she keep going. And I come up. Yeah, yeah. After a hey, while, John. I recognized that she was coming to come talk to me. Yes. And you thought, I should move closer to this lady who's yes. struggling. I'll meet her halfway. At yeah. least halfway. 75%. So I walked towards her, and she was just the sweetest, loveliest lady. Yeah. And she put her arm out, and she said, oh, my 
God. Can you ever? And let's just take a second. It's a full show of singing, acting. It's a great show, yep. It's, it, there's a lot of, and I did a yep. lot. And yep. it was some good work. I'm just yep. going to say it. Yep. But there was one moment in the show where I get excited and I just jump. Yep. Nothing, I just jump. That's yep. all I do. <laughs> she strolls over to me. And she said, my God, can you ever jump? <laughs> And I was seconds away from kicking that stroller out from underneath her. Stroller! Stroller! Walker! Whatever it was. Oh, stroller. Don't even know her. Stroller. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the funniest moment because, like, at the end of a show... You people, thought you were getting a great I college. I was a great like, I gotta get over this guy. This, is, this was the highlight of my night. This was the greatest thing Meanwhile, that I've ever it actually was. You jumping was the highlight of her night, I think. Yes, and she was very, very honest and truthful. She was, yep. very, she was very happy that I jumped. And it's this <laughs> ongoing joke now that whenever I do a show, whoever's directing it or producing it will get me to jump. Yep. And it's kind of funny, because I jump on and off of things. And You're very good. I mean... If there's All one thing aside, I can do, <laughs> you actually can jump very well. But it's it's become an ongoing joke that every time I do do it, yep. do do, someone will always bring it up and compliment it who is not within the circle of the joke, and it yep. expands the joke and creates more momentum, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Hey, my God, you can you ever story. jump? Can you ever jump? Mm. Um, where am I? Oh, okay. So we're talking about, just to bring us all back, we're talking about why we clone things and what the purposes are. Yep. So we got the follicular hair, whatever. Yep. We got Dolly and the milk that might be good. Yep. Another possible use of clone animals is for testing new drugs and treatment strategies. Yes. The great, I mean, are we happy about them testing on animals? Don't know. But the great advantage of using clone animals for drug testing is that they are giant genetically genetically Hold identical on. which means the response to the drug should be uniform rather than variable which is seen with animals who aren't genetically the same true right yeah controlled instances yeah. yeah and then there's cloning animals for agricultural purposes yes so after consulting with many independent scientists and experts in cloning the u.s food and drug administration the fda decided in january 2008 that meat and milk from cloned animals such as cattle, pigs and goats are as safe as those from non-cloned animals wow this means that researchers are now free to use cloning methods to make copies of animals with desirable agricultural traits, such as high milk production or lean meat. Mm. But cloning is still very expensive. So it'll be, you know, years, decades before you're going down to Sobeys and buying yourself some cloned beef. Sure. But only because it's expensive. They're like, yep. it is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. Soon they're actually talking about uh, creating, I almost said 3D printing, but it may as well be like you're cloning meat. Not in the sense of like you're cloning the animal to raise, to slaughter, to create the meat. No, you have the meat and you're simply just, I don't know if it's cloning, but you're recreating the meat artificially. So you don't have to raise or kill or slaughter animals. You're simply just creating. What? Yeah. Sure. Yep. I'm all about it. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's everything I love just without the inhumane absolutely. of, of yeah, yeah. animals. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another application is to create clones to build populations of endangered or possibly even extinct species of animals. Hashtag the lost world. <laughs> uh, but this didn't occur to me at all, even when you mentioned Jurassic Park. I was still like, uh. but in 2001, researchers produced the first clone of an endangered species, a type of Asian ox known as a guar. One more time. Guar. <laughs> is it French? Uh, it's G-U-A-R. Guar. Sure. 
or <laughs> it's Asian, so I don't know. Sadly, the baby Guar, Guar, which had developed inside a surrogate cow mother, died just a few days after its birth. I mean, so like success, but like let's not call home about it. In two thousand. <laughs> In 2000, I mean, you can't call him, but you're going to call him mom in a few days and be like, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Got some bad news. Take that scrap down. <laughs> don't, don't frame this news article. In 2001, another endangered type of ox called the Banteg was successfully cloned. Soon after, three African wildcats were cloned using frozen embryos as the source of DNA. Although some experts think cloning can save many species that would otherwise disappear, others argue that cloning produces a population of genetically identical individuals that lack the genetic variability necessary for species survival. Yeah, so what ends up happening is natural selection already took hold of the ones that couldn't make it and adapt, Mm -hmm. and we're simply recreating the ones that are also not going to be able to adapt to eventually die off and become extinct. Also, they're clones of each other. So can they reproduce properly? Probably not. Mm. Gross. Some people have also expressed interest in having their deceased pets cloned in the hope of getting a similar oh. animal to replace the dead oh, one. Oh, no. But as shown by Cece, the clone cat, a clone may not turn out exactly like the original pet, whose DNA was used to make the clone. And it also turns out all those people are psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> Copy and paste. Uh, no, I wrote that. I know. Um, but have you ever read Pet Cemetery by Stephen King? I don't want to. Well, essentially... I can I spoil it? We don't have the time. We don't have the time. But essentially, a cat dies. They bring the cat back. The cat is not the same. Same thing happens with a child. It's really bad. It's, Woof. Oh man, it's intense. I don't think I could read it now. I read it before I had children. I don't think I could read it now. Uh, but of course, we got some drawbacks as well. Reproductive cloning is a very inefficient technique, and most clone animal embryos cannot develop into healthy individuals. As we mentioned, Dolly was the two hundred and seventy sixth version of that clone yep so 275 sheep didn't work <laughs> yeah that's what that means buddy. this very low efficiency combined with safety concerns prevents a serious obstacle to the application of reproductive cloning there's also um some complications with the clones that did survive mostly a thirst for human flesh you no. stop it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, these include an increase in birth size and a variety of defects in vital organs such as liver, brain, and heart. Mm. Other consequences include premature aging and problems with the immune system. Uh, just imagine like, if they could clone humans, like premature aging. Like what a devastating rom-com that would be. Buddy, that's not a rom-com. No, not rom-com. Yeah, no, no like a, a rom-com drum. A rom-com drama. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like a com drop. Rom-com drama of drama. Yeah. Wrong clone. Like, <laughs> they fall in love, but, like, he just keeps aging quickly. So it's, it's like, like the opposite of Benjamin Button. Yeah, exactly. It's like when they meet, like, she's the older woman, but he surpasses her. It's literally the combination of the time traveler's wife and Benjamin Button. Yeah, kind of. Meets the... Whatever that dumb movie is that everyone loves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Keep moving on, Essentially, honey. the chromosomes of clones appear to be shorter most of the time. Yep. So in the case of Dolly, she died at six, which is about half the lifespan of an average sheep. Mm. And then there's the last one, therapeutic cloning. Therapeutic yep. cloning involves creating a cloned embryo for the sole purpose of producing embryonic stem cells, yep. which the same DNA as the donor, uh, same DNA as the donor cell, yeah. Uh, I've always heard of stem cell research. I never knew what it was. Yeah. Um, so stem cells can be used in experiments aimed at understanding disease and developing new treatments for disease. Yep. The richest source of embryonic stem cells is tissue formed during the last five days after the egg 
<coughs> has started to divide. At this stage of development, whoop, the oh, called the blastocyst. Blastosis. <laughs> no, 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 not blastosis. Cyst, like a cyst. S C Y S T. Blasto. Cyst. Yeah, blastocyst. Blastocyst. Which is like a good superhero name. Blastoise. Blastocyst. Or blastoise. Yeah, that too. The embryo consists of a cluster of about 100 cells that can become any cell type. And this is the important thing. These stem cells are harvested because these cells can turn into any type of cell. Yep. Right? Um, so they're basically like, you know, like kindergarten children that like bring your kid to work day. You're like, you can be anything you want to be, except then you're like, they get to grade five and you're like, oh no, you're an idiot. You can't be. <laughs> <laughs> <That's shocking. laughs> you're an idiot. You're going to run around the woods and try to get alloy plants on you after you've burned. Kind of a genius though. If you invented aloe plants and they're, I mean, you can't patent it, I guess. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Moving on. Um, blah, 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 blah. The main setback with therapeutic cloning is that the stem cells react in a very similar way to cancer cells. After 60 cycles of cell division, stem cells can accumulate mutations that could lead to cancer. So stem cells are to be used to help humans, but there's still lots more we need to know about them before we can be like, yep, stem cells, you. Uh, Okay, so now to clue up, Jurassic Park. So the whole premise of Jurassic Park, which I really need to watch again. I have not watched Jurassic Park. I've only seen it once. We watch it all of the time. Yeah, I've all only, of. I've the only seen time. it once when I was like ten at a party, so I was like zoning in, zoning out at Empire Theaters Twelve. <laughs> no, 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 it was at somebody's house. But like, it's my best, one of my best friend Tyler's favorite movies of all time. Yep, you love it. Love so it. many people love it. John Williams score. Why not? Yeah, don't know it very well at all. Um, so I need to rewatch it anyway. Scientists managed to clone dinosaurs by finding dinosaur blood within mosquitoes yep. that have been fossilized in amber, mm-hmm. and they use the DNA in the blood to clone the dinosaurs for their park. Yep. That's the premise of the movie. Yep. The conclusion of a group of scientists at the University of Manchester are putting a big old X on that whole thing in real life. Great. The concept is possible. Yes. And as I said, reproductive cloning is a potential way to preserve endangered or even extinct animals. Yes. But here's when things go down the drain with dinosaurs. In their research... The team examined insects that had been preserved in copal, which is a stage a little earlier than fossilized amber. The samples they used were from copal that ranged in age from 60 years to 10,600 years old. But when they examined those samples with the best DNA sequencing methods known, they were unable to find any ancient DNA at all. The same research team has successfully retrieved ancient DNA from other types of preserved life forms, so the fault isn't the method that they were using. In the 90s, and this may be where the writers for Jurassic Park actually got the idea, there were claims that DNA had been obtained from amber, but it was deemed that this was actually much more likely the result of contamination, since the experiment was never able to be replicated. Which I really like about scientists. They're like, you did it once? Great. Do it again. Mm. You know what I mean? They're like, like, game on. Game on. Did it once. Fluke. Do it again. Yep. To prove that you can do it, you had to be able to recreate it. It's like golf. Like a nice long putt. Yep. (laughs) Did it once, do it again. Do it again, son. Uh, a different term of researchers showed that DNA degrades pretty rapidly with a half-life of only about 525 years. Oh, wow. That's very short. Very short. So a serious, question, serious questions already raised about the ability to successfully clone ancient forms of life. Mm-hmm. This pretty much puts a nail in that coffin. Unless, and the scientists state, there is some currently unknown type of natural DNA preservation that has since been undiscovered. 
So if they're like, yep, this happens. Then. Well, I mean, that's a very scientific thing to say, to be like, we acknowledge yes. we don't know everything. Right. We're not black and white We are 99% yeah. sure it can't be done. We will reserve that 1% just in case we are incorrect. Absolutely. I like that. Uh, quick question. Oh, there's more. Well, just was there any bullshit in there? Should I ask you now or should I wait to the end? Do I know? No, you can there? ask me now. So, I'm, I'm asking you. So there was. Yes. <sighs> well, you say there was, but I'm not going to try to go back and try to find it. Okay. The only thing I can think of is. God, I don't want you to get it, but also I don't. No, I me. can't. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the whole thing about the follicular dog hair bullshit. All that was a lot. About fur versus normal hair? No, no, no. That exists. Okay, cool. I was yeah. like, God damn it. What I did, I cloned it. Cloned it? I hid it amongst factual information. Okay, so the fact that human men don't use dog hair. Yeah, okay. that's not a thing. No. As, but I, the whole thing about like when you have a hair transplant, you can reject it. Yes, I did know that. And also you can get that whole thing I told you about the, yep. I can't remember what the, the disease thing was with the heart attack. That's all yep. true. Yeah. But they don't use dog hair. No. So I feel like if we didn't get tripped up over fur versus hair, I... Do you think that was not intentional? What? That, that you knew that I didn't know that there's a difference between fur and hair? I made a point to say there's a difference between fur and hair because I was like, Jeff is going to fight me on this. I can feel it. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny? Uh, me and you've talked about this before, that oftentimes when I want to fight something that I don't really know, I'll go, maybe. Absolutely. You gave me the other day on the walk, and I was genuinely upset about primary it. Primary colors. When we yeah. first argued no, about it. primary you, colors, you said no. At first, I said, maybe. Yeah. And then you kept pushing. I was like, no. And then I kept going. But oftentimes, when I'm like, I think you're incorrect, but I do not know for certain that you're incorrect, I'll say, hmm, maybe. Yep. I wanted to say maybe, but I remember the conversation we had when we were walking. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be an asshole. I'm going to trust what Evan says. And right. I'm going to say, Okay. I was playing the long game. If you go back and listen to this episode, <laughs> no, no, you will go back and listen to this episode. There's this really long pause where I go, okay. I felt the long pause, and I felt you were going to say something bullshit, and I was like, no. Should I wait longer, or should I just go to the next sentence? If I, I wait went, longer, it implies it was bullshit. I went, and I was going to say, hmm, maybe, but instead I went, hmm, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to better myself. But... In my defense, you've gone, hmm, maybe when I say factual things. So it wasn't like you should But in my eyes, everything you say should be factual. But it's my turn to try to figure out whether or not it's bullshit. Right. Anyways, Ice Age is the topic no one wanted to do. LOL. I want to hear about it. I'm joking. It's actually, do you know what? I said it to Catherine as I was leaving your house. My house. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk. Um, That all of this sounds like such minuscule differences that will affect the world and affect the earth. Okay. But over the span of so much time, how such minuscule changes in our earth can so- cause such drastic changes. Right. It- it's crazy. Anyways. So ice ages. Ice ages. Okay. Uh, so an ice age is obviously a long period of reduction in the temperature of the earth's surface and the atmosphere, resulting in the presence of an expansion of continental and polar ice sheets. Mm. That's you know, copy and paste. Yep. Earth's climate alternates between ice ages and what they called greenhouse periods. Oh. During which there are no glaciers on the planet at all. So there's only... Oh. Yeah. So we're approaching that, obviously. But we're not really quite... 
I mean, there's still a lot of ice on the planet. Yeah. So individual pulses of cold climate within an ice age are termed as glacial periods. Okay. Or alternatively, glacials, glaciations, glacial stages, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there's also intermittent warm periods okay. within an ice age that are called interglacials. Right. Which is the exact opposite, obviously. So Earth currently is in the middle of an ice age. What? Yeah. Really? We are currently in the quaternary glaciation, which is known in popular termination as an ice age. Okay. So as opposed to popular, you know, belief, oh, we're trying to, you know, push away an ice age and everything like that. No, we're actually in the middle of an ice age right now. Oh. And it's called the quaternary glaciation. Okay. Because there is actively ice formations, like massive sheets of ice yes. on the earth at this very moment. Right, at the poles. Exactly. But right now we are into an interglacial stage mm. of the ice age. Okay. I'll keep going. Please do. In the terminology of glaciology, ice age implies the presence of extensive ice sheets in both northern or and or southern hemispheres. Like we just said. Right. By this definition, definition, we are in an interglacial period. I wish I had to read the sentence before I said it for <laughs> The amount of heat-trapping gases emitted into Earth's oceans and atmospheres is predicted to prevent the next glacial period, which otherwise would happen in and around the 50,000-year range, and likely more glacial Year 50,000? No, 50,000 years from now. Oh, okay. We're due for more glacial episodes, whether okay. it's interglacial or glacial, which is more ice. Right, okay. Uh, there have been numerous accounts of people within the 19, or sorry, the 1740s all the way through the 1870s of scientists around the world, predominantly in Germany, documenting in instances of questioning how certain sediment and rock made its way to land. Mm -hmm. They called it erratic boulders. I remember this from Geo. Yeah. Which you'll remember I got 100 in. <laughs> we already talked about it. I do remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty well, the discovery of Ice Ages came from people being like, how did this rock get here? Yeah. Literally. And it's all from Glacier ice. retreating. Exactly. Yeah. So there are three main types of evidence for Ice Ages. There's geological, chemical, and paleontological. <laughs> <laughs> paleontological. Paleontological. Jesus. Paleo. Ontological. Great. So we're going to go there. Excellent word. Sure. So obviously the geological evidence is from looking at those rocks and being like, where do they come from? Right. Seeing various forms, including rock scouring, scratching, glacial mor moraines, drumlines, all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. okay? Uh, the chemical evidence mainly consists of variations of ratios of isotopes within fossils and uh, sediment from um, ice that they've captured. Okay? Right. Um, which is present themselves in sediments and sedimentary rocks and ocean sediment cores, all that kind of fun stuff. The paleo paleontological evidence consists of changes in the geographical distribution of fossils during a glacial period uh, where cold adapted organisms spread into lower latitudes and organisms that prefer warmer conditions become extinct or are squeezed into lower latitudes. So pretty well, Animals or species that would prefer warmer climates completely go extinct because uh, of an ice age. Okay. And species that prefer cold, instead of staying in one area, now travel throughout the entire world because they are in an ice age. Right. Um, sequences of sediments covering in a long period of time over a wide range of latitudes in which are easily correlated. Okay, So, there have been at least five major ice ages in Earth's history, which mm -hmm. ranges around 4.5 
billion years. I remember Al Gore telling me about this. Yeah. The Huronian, the Cryogenian, the Andean Saharan, the Late Paleozoic, and the one that we are in now, which is the Quaternary Ice Age. Sure. Outside these ages, the Earth seems to have been ice-free, even in its highest of latitudes. Such Ice-free? Zero ice? I mean, I'm sure there was ice in Buddy's freezer, but... No, no, no. I mean, like, there were no ice at the poles? Exactly. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Such periods are known as, as I said, greenhouse periods. Okay. Okay. Rocks from the earliest well-established ice age called the Huronian formed around 24 to 21 billion years ago. Sure. The Huronian ice age was caused by the elimination of atmospheric methane as a greenhouse gas during the Great Oxygenation Event. Okay. Do, do, do. The Great Oxygenation Event. Yes. The next well-documented ice age, and probably the most severe of the last billion years, occurred around 720 to 630 million years ago, the Cryogenian period. Um, and I'll get into more of that a little bit later. Next, the, An- the Andean Saharan, which occurred around six, uh, 460 to 420 million years ago. Uh, then there was the late Paleozoic, and now the one that we're in right now. So the causes of ice ages mm. are not fully understood for either the large-scale ice age periods or the smaller ebb and flow of glacier interglacier periods within an ice age. Okay. It's all very speculative. We know it's like that 99 versus that 1%. The consensus is that several factors are important. Atmospheric composition, such as the concentrations of carbon dioxide and methane, changes also, sorry, changes in the Earth's orbit around the sun known as the, the Milenkovic cycles and the motion of tectonic plates resulting in changes in the relative location and the amount of continental and oceanic crust on the Earth's surface. Which crust is a horrible word. Crust. It? Yeah, it's bad. Oceanic crust. <laughs> uh, which in turn actually affects the wind and ocean currents and variations in the solar output. Okay. Um, also, other things that would affect it are the relationship with the Earth and Moon system, the impact of relatively large meteorites, and volcanism, uh, which also includes eruptions of super volcanoes. Yeah. Which is a big scare. But yeah. We're not going to go there. So, the first. We should do super volcanoes another time. Deal. Okay. The first began 2.4 billion years ago when the only life on Earth uh, to be found was ocean dwelling, unicellular, and anaerobic life. This aerobic op- life? An aerobic. Oh, it's like guys on tight ropes <laughs> doing the splits. Aerobic life. Yeah. <laughs> this all changed when evolution delivered uh cyanobacteria. Bacteria. Cyanobacteria, sorry. Uh which was the first organism that was capable of converting carbon dioxide and water into sugars. Okay. Called Photosynthesis. Oh. Yeah, C6H12O6. The byproduct generated was the gaseous oxygen, mm-hmm. which we use to breathe. Right. Before this, oxygen was actually not found in our atmosphere at all. More so, it was methane. Methane was the prominent gas within, within our atmosphere. Yikes. Methane is a very high and a much more powerful greenhouse gas. Yep. So at the time... You know, the whole greenhouse theory. To be honest with you, that could predominate a lot of this episode. I'm going to make an assumption that people have spent the last 20 years hearing about greenhouse gases and how they work. I'm not going to explain. I think that's fair. Um, But uh, methane is a much more powerful greenhouse gas than oxygen is. Yeah. Okay? So methane and oxygen together in the atmosphere 
create CO2 and water vapor. Water vapor just turns into rain and will just wash yeah. into the water and the earth. But now we've heard of CO2 carbon dioxide, which right. is a big talk today in terms of a greenhouse gas. Yeah. Okay. Although CO2 is a greenhouse gas and a dangerous one today, it is not nearly as an effective one as methane is. Right. Okay. And heating up the earth. This caused a large shift in the overall atmosphere and climate of the earth and the planet cooled down enough to form the very first ice age, the right. Huronian ice age. It lasted about 300 million years. Okay. Uh, the veil was finally lifted and it was almost a billion years before the, wor- the earth experienced another ice age. Hmm. Okay. So the first time we see this happen is when the organisms first started photosynthesis. Right. And exchanged methane in the atmosphere for carbon dioxide, which is less of a greenhouse gas. Make sense? Yes. The second ice age was believed to be started by volcanism, which is interesting because volcanoes are one of the largest contributors of CO2 emissions and greenhouse gases right now in the world. Right now? Well, in life, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So you'd think if volcanoes would erupt, it would cause less and continue the spiral into um, a ice age, but actually did the opposite. So I'm going to take 20 seconds when I really should take 20 hours and explain something called chemical weathering. Sure. I mean, you could name the podcast. Let's take 20 seconds when we could take 20 hours. Exactly. Yeah. So something called chemical weathering, which is when volcanoes erupt, obviously a byproduct of the eruption is that the molten lava will run down it and create further earth forms. A lot of places are created from that. And technically that's where a lot of earth comes from. Right. Right. You know that. Sure. Now you do. There are a whirlwind of uh, chemicals that get spat out, go into the atmosphere, but then it will also react with whatever's in the atmosphere and also will then, let's say, rain down on the rock, acid rain and stuff like that. And it'll actually create different formations of different land masses. Okay. There's a full thing about it. I'm not going to get into it. But essentially, the moral of the story is that the formation of this weathering and these new rocks from the volcanoes and everything in the atmosphere will actually lock carbon into the rock and into the land force right. as a byproduct. Yes. And like you can, there's a full video about it. Blah, I've blah, heard blah, about this. But it locks carbon into the rock form. Yes, okay? and that carbon can later escape. It can later escape, but it doesn't because it's in the land forms. So what it actually does is it takes the carbon out of the atmosphere mm. and puts it into the earth. Okay. okay? Uh, so with that... Uh, heating it, it will heat up the earth because right. the carbon isn't actively used. Okay, this launched Earth into the most severe glaciation event in history, the Cryogenian Ice Age. Okay, where glaciers literally extended all the way to the equator, so from the polars That's right to crazy, so almost the entire like Earth an ice planet. Yep, almost the entire Earth was sealed in ice. Uh, the Krypton. oceans, yeah, the 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 oceans were like soupy, like water with ice and stuff but the earth was just covered in layers of of uh ice wow yeah so it, within this period we saw the evolution of the first predatory zooplankton which could feast on phytoplankton providing for the first time ever control mechanism for these abundant photosynthesizers after 100 million years of sustained volcanism with oceanic carbon retention, at an all-time low, the greenhouse levels eventually rose, and the Earth thawed out once more. Okay. So volcanoes continued to erupt, yep. putting more carbon and yada, yada, yada. So the next one came about 200 million years, and that's the Andean Saharan. 
Uh, Little is actually known how it started. Something that I should have said earlier is that with every Ice Age that came and passed, it kind of washed away the evidence of the one before. Right. So it's kind of hard for us to go back and see them a lot of times unless we can really, really dig and see. I mean, it's amazing that you can tell me information from a scientist about something that happened, well, however many you said, 460 million years ago. Yeah. Like, I can't even go into how they know that. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, so that's something I should say. So, little is known of how it actually started. Right. So speculations think that it was from an actual asteroid or a meteor episode. So It just makes sense. At some point, something's got to hit the Earth. Yeah. But this one didn't actually hit the Earth. There was actually a collision of a meteor with another meteor or another asteroid in an asteroid field outside of our Oh. Knocked a bunch of dust or meteor spectacles. Sure. Like the heat from the sun. Sure. Exactly. So the dust would land within our atmosphere and land on Earth. Right. But the dust would reflect the heat from the sun and the rays from the sun and wouldn't actually make it to the Earth. Right. So it would cool down. It's a little bit of a stretch if you ask me, but like... That's how I thought all Ice Ages were. Yeah. Was that it was just like something was in the atmosphere, it reflected the sun. Blocked the sun. Yeah, blocked the sun, and there you go. Oh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, clearly. It's, It's something... That's what I said at the beginning, is that something so minuscule... Yeah could cause such a huge reaction to the Earth. But when I say that, I'm like, dust in the sky. Yeah. Or there was a volcano and there's a little bit of carbon. Yeah. No. The reality is, is that that one thing stayed for 200 million years. Yeah. And after 200 million years of that tiny little speck of meteor dust, it eventually caused the plant to cool down gradually enough yeah. where it then covered itself in and ice. And all those things had to happen for yeah. it however many millions of years for us to be here right now talking about it. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So anyways, um, that one only lasted 30 million years, and it was the shortest one by far. Right. Okay. The late Paleozoic Ice Age came about by the evolution of plants and green life on Earth. Okay. So when that Ice Age ended, a lot of trees and plants and stuff came by. Were were there any trees and plants before that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think... Life itself was predominantly underwater, and I think right. that was what's, what was the most important. Okay. The late Paleozoic Age, like I said, so CO2 depleting from the atmosphere, right? Like I said, that photosynthesis where yeah. they take uh, oxygen and carbon yes. dioxide. I'm not going to go again. Uh, but it ended up getting so damn cold that plants could not grow, and oh. the land would become so dry that vegetation would burn, releasing the carbon back into the atmosphere again, which, after that ice age, brought it back to its normal state right. after all the plants died because it got so cold because they took all the carbon out of the, ox- uh, right. the atmosphere. So the world waited another 200 million years before South America broke apart from Antarctica. Uh, so just like the spacing of the continental drifts. Yes. Uh, Antarctica opening up the Drake Passage, allowing for the formation of the circumpolar Antarctic Current. Uh, which I'm not going to get into, but what this did was it isolated the southern uh, continent from the warmer equatorial currents that otherwise would have been forced circulated around the pole. So because it cut off the equatorial heat from Antarctica, a large ice mass formed in Antarctica, roughly 41 million years before ice was ever found at the North Pole. Crazy. So pretty well, it broke off geographically, and because of that, it screwed up all the currents, like the ocean's currents. Yeah. So the water got cold, and all the warm water couldn't get over there. Yeah. So it got cold and ice grew. Yeah. Pretty cool. 
Uh, as the continents slowly continued to break apart over the years, a similar thing happened to the North Pole isolating the region from warm water currents and heat surges. The continuation of chemical weathering, which is what I said before about land masses and rocks, right. was happening around the Himalayas, Okay, okay, uh, which allowed the Earth's temperature to decrease. And when that happened, it allowed the ice to form at the North Pole also. Right. That officially starting the Quaternary Ice Age around 2.5 million years ago. Okay which is where we are now. We are also due for a cold spike within 50,000 years. Uh, but due to greenhouse gases and global warming, we are constantly prolonging that and pushing it further and further away. Right. Technically, as of now, we are due to start our descent in global temperature to go towards an ice age within the next 50,000 years. But right. because we are pushing more and more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, creating greenhouse gases, the earth is staying warm and in fact getting warmer right. and doing the opposite of what it should be doing. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's healthy for the earth to be going. Well, it's not it's not I'm not going to say it's healthy and it's not even like cyclic what's what's the word for cycles? Cyclic. Cyclic. It's not even cyclic because it's not mm, consistent. Is it cyclic? Maybe. Cyc cyclic. Cyclic. I'm not sure. But you know the word I'm trying to use. I do. Yeah. I can spell it. I just can't say it. Exactly. Um, so obviously, like I said, there's... Cyclical. Cyclical. Yeah, it's not cyclical. Yeah. yeah. So there's variations of glacial and interglacial <laughs> temperatures. Do you want a cyclical? <laughs> grape. <laughs> want a grape cyclical? <laughs> There's a lot of big words. I had to break it up. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's variations of glacial and interglacial temperatures within an ice age. Okay. Like I said, right now, it was a surprise to you that we were in an ice yes, age. Yes, exactly. Right? Um, so it all has to do with how the Earth actually orbits the sun. Mm. So pretty well what dictates whether or not you're in an ice age has nothing to do with anything else other than us at Earth. Right. Our climate, our atmosphere, what is happening with us. Yeah. The rest of the galaxy is what dictates the interglacial and glacial temperatures within the given ice age. Right. So it's whether or not the ice panels are at the poles of the Earth mm -hmm. or whether or not ice is totally encompassing the entire world. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Cool. So like the severity and the passages of glacial versus interglacial. Right. Okay. Um, and that's pretty well that in a nutshell uh, in terms of ice ages. Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions, concerns, or issues? It's a lot, isn't it? I yeah, it's a lot. Like I'm like there were so many sentences that you said that I was like, mm-hmm. 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 I'm like, do I understand what he said? I'm not sure. Just let him keep going. Maybe maybe you'll get it when he says another thing. Like, it is complicated. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's but a, I will yeah. but I what I will tell you, and it's the consistent theme in every single one of the um ice ages and instances. Yeah. Is that it's all about our climate and atmospheric um I guess whatever's in the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Uh, and it's all about the greenhouse gases. <laughs> about how our earth traps heat, how it contains heat, and how it utilizes heat. So in terms of global warming then. Yes. Like how bad is it? Are is, are we just like is it sort of inevitable? Like there's a, there's an element, right, that it's, it's inevitable it's going to happen. The earth will warm, the earth will cool. But we are exacerbating the problem considerably. So what is happening right now is that uh, technically speaking, we should be getting colder. Starting now? Well, starting now-ish. Well, I think, no, actually, 
I think we're supposed to be getting warmer. I'm not really sure. There's some conflicting things I've read, but what popular belief or what I guess we've been hearing in mainstream yes. talk about global warming is that these earths have these cycles. Right. The reality is, is that it's not cyclical. It's, no. it's actually very like if it was cyclical, you would see episodes happen very um, rhythmically. Yes, but it's like right? th- but, different things happen, like those meteors bang into each other, and that threw something off. Yeah, but and also the evolution of certain plants and certain yes. organisms. And, and volcanoes and erupted. No one yeah. could say when they were going to erupt. So like exactly. everything is. Yeah. The only thing that's cyclical about it is that it happens. Yes. Not that it happens rhythmically. Right. So for someone to say to us that we are due for an ice age, right. all that really means is that the evolution of humans and the evolution of life in its stage right now, yeah. we are moving. In a direction yeah. that implies that eventually we are going to be heating up the Earth, and we are going to come out of our current ice age and then move into a new ice age, right? Right, or to expedite the ice age that we are in into a more aggressive. So, what state. happens if we keep heating the Earth, keep heating the Earth, keep heating the Earth? Yeah, so that's what's happening now. Is we're continuously dumping CO two, right. we're heating up the Earth. So, actually, instead of the ice caps continuously growing, getting further, and our, our world getting colder or warmer. We're heating it up exponentially. Right. So all of that, um, I guess, fresh water in the ice caps on the polars are melting. Right. And when they melt, they're dumping into the oceans. Right, which will rise sea levels. Rise sea levels. So here's the thing. Human existence and us as species have only ever lived within our ice age. 2.5 million years. Of course. And that's a fact. Yeah. Right? So our existence is based around then. We have not lived outside of that. And also, this Which, ice age is sort of like, you know, there's, there's typically been a, a deciding factor that's basically created each ice age. Yes. We're sort of the ones creating the next one. Sure. Yeah, we're definitely expediting it. Right. But so the, like, re- the reality is, is that, like, as, as every animal and species, like we said earlier about natural selection, yeah. we don't know if we can live outside of our current Earth's climate. Yes. So what happens is is that if we expedite it and we make our Earth, our Earth warmer, we tr- well, we can predict the repercussions of these actions. Right. Like, for instance, the biggest thing that people are saying is that a lot of the fresh water from the ice caps melts into the oceans because that's yes. going to happen yes. as we heat up the Earth. Yeah. So all the water, the, the yes. salt California water... California basically is underwater. Well, no, that's just the level. The sea level yeah. rises. That's because of the water. Mm. We're talking about the combination of salt water versus fresh water. Oh, 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 yeah. Right? right. So it's going to diminish right. that and all right. those combinations but also it's going to cause like huge weather systems it's going to cause right. all sorts of other changes in the yes. earth is it the earth going to get so hot that we can't live on its surface yep like we just don't know and also, i mean we can like, predict it and and draw graphs and cycles yes. but you've that's seen just seen the movie scale. right what's it called the inconvenient truth or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's like at some point an ice age will happen yeah like will it be like the earth gets so hot that all of humans die Therefore, everything that we're doing that's causing all of these greenhouse gases will we'll stop. stop. Then an ice age will, after a few millions of years will then happen. Exactly. Right. Or will it go the other way, which is like we technically shouldn't be emitting this much CO2. Right. And technically, we should be getting colder and colder and colder. Right. And we should be having more ice and more ice and more ice. And we're just expediting it in the other direction. Right. We, we don't know. Are we saying the same thing? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the reality is, is that these are uncharted waters. Yes. And also, no one's been there before. Like, there hasn't been people yeah. in another Ice Age no. to comment on it. No. But, I mean, and I think there's enough evidence to show 
the Earth, how it re- how the Earth reacted. Yes. In terms of the climate, the atmospheric stuff, right. how the temperatures and the gases and stuff like that, and what organisms survived and how they reacted to it, and how their reaction then dictated what happened next. Right. There's enough evidence to show that plot. Yeah. And if we follow that scientific evidence, we can therefore predict what is going to happen. We're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. But there is no doubt that we are expediting it. Yeah. Right? I don't think it's fair to say that it's cyclical and we're due for an ice age, so it's going to happen anyways. Yes. I think the trajectory of an ice age was there before we started expediting it. Yes. And like due, meaning due in 50 million years. Well, 50,000 years years or whatever is like, sure. Sure. But And like, what does that look like? Does that look like if we were to follow the same thing that the earth would be covered in ice? Maybe. Maybe right. not. Does that just mean that the 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 polars would just move more central? Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. Like, who really knows? Because there's oftentimes a lot of severity within these ice ages that we talked about. I think the moral of Splain in the podcast is that everything we say here is just the touch of the surface. Absolutely. It's things that we should know. Like, we should know how ice ages happen. We should know... The trajectory yeah, of like, what our actions come should to. in that like we've probably learned it in some science class at some point. Yeah, or as active citizens in the world, we should know things about the planet that we're living on. Right. Um, but we don't know about them, so we're gonna just Wikipedia it, copy and paste it, and talk to one another about I it. I think the goal is yes, we use each other to intrigue ourselves, and therefore go watch something about it. Yeah. You like know, you like and Angels are, and Demons. Like Angels and Demons, exactly. <laughs> or Jurassic you know, Park. Let, let's educate ourselves. Want to watch Angels and Demons? Or The Day After Tomorrow. That's yeah. a great movie. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. Emma Rosebaum or whatever Emma, Emma Roslin. Roslin? Rosal- I don't know. She's gorgeous, though. She's gorgeous. She plays Christine Phantom. in Phantom. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't sing it, though. No? Nope. That's not her voice. Not her voice. Mm, you know what? I just said that very confidently, and now I'm like, is Evan! that true? I could be wrong. Oh, apparently she did. Great. Can't wait to cut this now. Thanks for that, bud. All the principal actors saying in the film except Minnie Driver. That's not her voice. Great. Yep. Cool. Interesting. Is it? Yeah, because she sounds great. Yeah, she's... That's why she got casted. Gerard Butler? Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to deny you. You could hear that it's Gerard Butler. Yeah. 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 But no, her, I thought it was different. But no, good. Well done, Emma. Well done, Emma. If you're listening, (laughs) great job. Uh, episode 13. So we've come to the end, which is fantastic. Uh, like we mentioned before in last week's episode, there is merch coming, which is super exciting. We have almost finalized the design. We are like super, super close. And to be honest with you, like we've gotten a little bit of feedback. There were some people who emailed us and we love it. So thank you for the suggestions and the emails. So keep them coming because it's actually helping us really trying to narrow down on the design. So that's great. That's soon to come. So let us know more about that. But also make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and share. But most importantly, we cannot stress this enough. Rate us on your podcast listening apps. Make sure you give us a raving review. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. If you have something you want to send in to us, we got a couple this week, actually. And, we did. And uh, next week, I'm going to do, I've already decided, I'm going to do one sent in by Liam McDonald. Yeah, okay. Let's... What? 
We don't want to spoil it. I'm not spoiling. I'm going to tell you what it is. I don't care. Leading up, she's, she actually said it at like, I think she said it in a message at one point, but didn't send an email, a formal email. Yeah. She's now sent the formal email. I've We're trying to Leah. tell people to send it through the formal forums or else we, we have, don't read it. And, she, and Leah has listened. Leah wants to know what is on the go with circadian rhythm and how does that work? And I'm going to explain it next week. That is my topic. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, if you have something you want to explain, we're just proving the point. We're going to explain your topics if you send them in. I'll even say, next week I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. I can't wait for it next week for him not to do that. But anyway. No, I'm doing it. It has been said. Okay. I'm writing it down. Um, so, like Leah, you can email us at info.splainin' at gmail.com. <laughs> We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there is always next week. Got some